0: what's up everybody this is the betrayed the addicted and the expert my name is Brandon and I am the expert
1: and I'm Ashlyn and I was the betrayed
0: and I'm Kobe the recovering addict what you're gonna get is three unique perspectives on recovery and tools for hope and healing okay
2: guys welcome to the uh, next the latest episode Uh, We are excited about today's topic. It's going to be pretty cool. We're going to start first with some housekeeping. Um, We're going to read a little fan shout-out, followed by... Brent's got a success story this week, which is uh, going to be pretty cool. So here is one review. It says, Bravery plus truth equals you need to hear this. And this is by Brooke. Each time I listen, it's as if you're reading my mind. We're always on the same page, and it's reassuring and awesome to know there are other humans out there showing up for life learning and growing gold and brandon you legend thank you
0: (laughs) she had to throw that in there just for you kobe yeah totally right that was
2: too kind thank you brooke we appreciate that and uh but honestly though it's interesting to hear you say that that it's like someone is reading your mind like guys you're not alone and i think that's really what what part of the this is about is not only to give hope, but just to how, to be relatable. How
1: much we all are alike.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. we are totally alike. So uh, glad that you're here. So, awesome. With the success story, Brandon?
0: Yeah, so I have a really cool success story. Um, I've been working with this guy for a long time, and his addiction was very severe, uh bad addiction. He, he's a married guy with kids, and he was struggling. And one of his biggest struggles was, Um, His codependency with his wife he's he's basically afraid of her Um, he couldn't connect to her couldn't empathize was very defensive all the time and so I have a house that I own besides the house that I live in Uh, it's called Bristol House and it's a house where men go to get healthy themselves on an individual level and um, a lot of the men in that house are married men going through a therapeutic separation who need to focus on their own recovery. And it's not an inpatient um, therapy house where they're doing inpatient therapy, but it's, it's more like a, uh, if, if you guys know what Rat Park is, it's, it's, it's a sober living house that has community, has accountability, it has activities they do every week, and it's just a, a hyper focus on their individual recovery. Anyways, this guy, he was on the brink of losing his marriage and um, went into this house and at first struggled. He, he still struggled, but he started to buy in and he started to um, live a lot more in the, in the open and he would, he would check in with his group. He's doing his dailies and I was meeting with his wife last week and she said, what are you doing to him? Like he's so different. He actually listens to me now. And it was interesting because the, the thing that, that really made the change and has made the change is... He, I was talking to him recently and he said, You know what? When I don't focus so much on her, then I'm such a better husband. And when I focus on, on what I do at the house and, and living my life better and gaining my own self-worth then my relationship's so much better with her and I have a much less lower desire to go act out. And uh, it's just awesome to see him doing so well because he's coming from the depths of it. And I love to hear from her. The best feedback I get about one of my clients' recovery is usually from the spouse saying, oh my gosh, like I feel love in my marriage. So check out uh, bristolsoberliving.com. And uh, you can learn more about the house there.
2: That's so. super cool. And and I got to tell you that I can appreciate in some sense how like the impact that, that a proper environment can have on um, reducing your emotional state back down to like even keel, to back down to par, to, to reality, really, and um, and giving yourself some dance space to clear your head.
0: So we've talked about therapeutic separation before. Yeah, and, totally. And that's not the topic of today's podcast, but. Um, Sometimes the relationship is so toxic and so triggering to both parties that it's hard to make any headway with recovery. And if you're to that point, then some space and some some self-compassion and focus on individual recovery can be one of the best things for your relationship.
2: Totally agree. Totally agree. Very cool. Okay. All right. So let's roll today.
0: Okay. So we're going to talk about how you guys uh, got married and why you're attracted to each other. Wait you guys wait what? <laughs> what? <laughs> why? Why did Kobe like Ashton, and why did Ashton like Kobe?
1: I why? was looking for someone with an addiction <laughs> yeah. who would lie to me. You know,
0: just manipulate. Your I life. just didn't
1: know it, but I guess I was. you,
0: uh, you know what?
2: <laughs> I'm just like dying. I'm sorry. that's not funny, you guys. It's, it's not funny.
1: but it is it is a hard pill to swallow to say I attracted this mess into my life.
0: And, and you know what? That's really accountable and honest for you to say that, Ashlyn. Because you could just say, he's a Jack A, <laughs> you know and I did for a long time. <laughs> uh, but the reality is is you did attract that into your life. Um, and it, <laughs> what are you laughing <laughs> at? Toby's Kobe. like crying in the corner.
2: <laughs> I'm just thinking of <laughs> you said a jack A? a just thinking, like, R- Rocket in in Infinity War, he called, Groot a D-hole, and I was like, wait, that's a new one, like a Jack in a D-hole. Oh, Sorry, guys, like, I had to go there, but there's <laughs> got to be some levity in this really <laughs> hard topic, and so you just prompt a little line from <laughs> Infinity War it's from good.
0: Rocket. Right. It's funny, and, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> okay, okay, so anyways.
2: Let's bring it on home.
0: How, how... Uh, And why do you attract, um, things into your life? Um, you know, I, I see people get married to the same person, um, over and over and over again, but they're getting married to a different person, but it's the same issues. It's the same energy. It's the same thing over and over and over again. Um, why do they attract that type of relationship? Right. Um, and it's true. Uh, if, if we can't look at ourselves and say, "Okay, what is it about me that is bringing this into my life?" Then we're going to continue to bring those things into our life, right? Yeah. So, like, let me give you an example: sex addiction. Um, and 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 this, uh, I was talking to Ashlyn about this topic before we, before we started, and uh, the 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 truth is, is some of the stuff might be hard to hear because in some ways we're saying you have some accountability for for what's happened in your life. And uh, this conversation isn't about who to blame. That's not what we're saying. We're saying we're not saying you're to blame or he's to blame or whatever. Um, this conversation is about self-reflection. Right. It's about looking at yourself and and really saying, "Okay, like what is it about me? Is it I?" Right?
1: Well, and Kobe said something earlier this week that that reminds me of that there the this whole recovery thing has you know once we get over that big icky part of okay i think we've got a handle on the betrayal and and the addiction now it's the other stuff that we get to work on right. which that is you have to self reflect and you have, have to, to start figuring out where where we got how did we get here It wasn't just this addiction and betrayal. It was a lot of other things too.
0: This conversation that we're going to have right now is a level up from the first phase of, of treatment and recovery. The first phase is validating the pain and saying, yeah, you're in pain. The next one is, okay, now let's look at some things and, um, really reflect and get honest with yourselves about, about, um, what it is that, that, that has gone wrong here and what you can change. Um, So, coming back to my example, sex addiction. If a sex addict has spent his life um, hiding who he is, um, manipulating, just trying to omit things or minimize or go into denial, right? And he's gotten good at that. Then when he starts looking for a life partner, is he going to look for a very vulnerable, authentic, honest, boundaried partner? Nope. <laughs> i I'll,
2: can I answer that myself personally? Mm-hmm. Like I, uh, I, I know for sure that, um, I can think back to times when I was dating and I would see a certain individual and I would feel their energy and I would be totally repelled. Yeah. Um, and, and it was for, it was for various reasons and there, And sometimes they were very, very, very different people. Right, Um, someone who would overshare would make me too uncomfortable. Talk about like family divorce and like you know a a split family, and I whoa that is way too much information. And really, what that was is like I was I was like her vulnerability and speaking truth was too uncomfortable, so I was like deuces,
0: yes, I'm out. Right, right.
2: And then I would also feel somebody who was that would that's an example of one of like a handful of people that that repelled me because. I was, I was um, totally uncomfortable. So I had to find someone who was more comfortable with my skill set, which really just meant <laughs> we were really good about talking pleasantries, right? And really good talking about like
0: easy a- stuff. Avoiding the harder stuff. Totally. Right? Well, and I
1: think this, as hard as it is to hear, it shows how far we've come because um. the fact that we are choosing to have a podcast and talk about really uncomfortable things in our own lives, is worlds different than who we were 18 years ago when we got married.
0: So on, on on our Patreon, we're going to talk about how to go from there to there, right? Because you don't have to keep attracting the same thing in, into your life over and over and over again. But but what you what you guys are talking about, it's so true. Um, that we are out there when you start searching for relationships, we're searching for compatibility, and we're searching for somebody who's going to be compatible with our level of attachment. So couples meet each other's level of health when it comes to attachment when they get in a relationship. And um, when you get into therapy, if one or the other person starts to change that, it threatens the relationship because then you're not going to be attracted to each other because you can't. It's too hard. Um, I... I was, I was talking to someone today and she asked me this question, like how, why, why, like how, how did I end up here? Why am I in this situation? And, and she told me the story. She's talking to a church leader and uh, she's talking to a church leader's wife and the church leader's wife said something like, it's kind of fleeting and kind of, but she said something like, Oh, I just wouldn't put up with that. <laughs> and she got kind of offended by that. like, well, well, you're so much better than me, you know? But she was telling me this story saying, you know what, like, that woman probably wouldn't end up married to who I'm married to because she's setting very clear boundaries and expectations that I'm not attracted to this. This won't work for me in my life, right? And so, and she was self-reflecting saying, what is it about me? And, and we started to dig in and we started to see things like, she needs, appro- she needs approval. She needs love. She wants to feel important, um, and she gets her her validation and her, her self-worth from feeling important. So so her addict husband was was seeing this and thinking, oh, she'll just like be thinking she's cool trying to fix me, and I'll be the project, and I can be the project, and she'll love me as the project while she's trying to fix me. We're a match made in hell. <laughs> exactly what crossed his mind, right? <laughs> well, and now, and now she's looking at it saying, "Now you know, the years have gone by and she's saying, this sucks. Yeah. This is not what I want. And she's ready to have some courage to say, you know what? I'm going to track something different in my life. And either he needs to get on board and get in recovery or I can't stay connected here, right? And that's a scary thing. So – can I give my dog analogy? Yeah, I told you guys. <clears throat> um, I, I was I was watching my brother's dog, and I, so I have a hunt, hunting dog. He has a hunting dog, and they l- and he
2: is a I'm
0: not going to say yet. Okay, when I get there. Okay. So um, Willie is my dog. Rooster is the other dog. I know weird names, whatever. Um, but we bo- we both have hunting dogs. So I was I was dog sitting his dog and. I was taking him out every single day um, to the mountains. And my dog would come back like literally you couldn't even recognize him because he had so many burrs in his face. And the other dog, um, no burrs at all, nothing, right? And every day this would happen. I brush my dog out, the other dog, no burrs. And you'd think, well, we're going to the same place. They're both hunting dogs. Both of them are running everywhere. How come my dog is getting the burrs? How come his dog is not, right? Do you want to say why now, Kobe? Yeah, there's actually uh, a legit... Co- Kobe's the dog breed expert. <laughs> I'm the so.
2: super dog nerd. Uh, but there's actually a genetic um, function to their coats. Yeah. And what might not be visible is... And, uh, is it okay if I say what? No, yeah, say like it their, Okay, yeah. so Brandon's dog, Willie, is a wire-haired pointing griffon. So it has a longer wire haired coat yes. it's rough yes and beautiful beautiful like yeah. a, an incredible dog nice. and rooster is a german short haired pointer right okay so the wire hair is meant to allow a dog like willie to go through brush that has burrs mm-hmm. and it adds an additional layer of protection to his skin um, from lacerations and from cuts and so forth so that stuff gets caught up in his coat rather than on the skin. So although you might, on the surface, see burrs on Willie, what you might not see, and what may be concealed by a short coat with Rooster, are little cuts or lacerations yeah. and so forth. Yep, But that's the the legit function of those but two dogs that, that, are.
0: Man, Kobe's the man for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but the point being, uh, Willie was getting the burrs because he has the long wire hair. The German short hair pointer wasn't picking up any burrs, right? So... Um, In order for Willie not to attract those burrs, what's Willie going to need to do? He's going to have to shave his beautiful hair, right? (laughs) Um, If he wants to be like Rooster and not get any burrs, he's going to have to show up different to the world to attract something different, Uh right? We as human beings are the same way. If we show up the same way in our life, at work, um, in our relationships, um, in our just wherever then we're gonna get the same thing coming back at us but if we make a change if we shift some of the ways that we're showing up then we're gonna attract something different to us this is called the law of attraction right if you guys have watched the secret they go a little overboard in that um, but that's that's the whole point of that which is you when, when when you show up a certain way then you create certain things right? So,
2: I, I think the interesting part about that is, too, is that energy attracts energy, like attracts like, and skill set attracts commensurate skill set, and vul- certain amounts of vulnerability or lack thereof attracts the same amount of vulnerability yes. or the lack thereof. Yes. And so whether you believe that or not or buy into that whole concept, you're actually living it. That's exactly how it works.
0: The more authentic that I am, the more authentic... Um, people I will be associated with, right? Um, if I go to work and I show up um, fearful, lazy, I don't believe in myself, and I think that I'm going to be poor my whole life, then what am I going to create at work? That?
1: Yeah, yeah. you don't get a raise, you don't get any of this stuff because you're probably performing that way.
0: If I go to work and I show up... Um, Confident and with an attitude of abundance and success, then what am I going to attract into my life? More of it. Yeah, so I've been the,
1: doing it all week. It's
0: awesome. It's, isn't it awesome? Those type of people will show up in my life. That type of content will come into my life, and that's what I will have, right? And and it's the same thing with the with the people in our lives, our relationships, and so it can get really hard if you're in a relationship where. Okay, let's say you've been married 15, 20 years and you start to recognize, oh, my gosh, like we do resonate on these levels together and we create this together. And I want to attract something new. But now you're stuck in a way because you're stuck thinking, well, if I change now, then there's all these consequences that could happen. So maybe I'll just stay comfortable in my misery here. Right. So how do you how do you. How do you start shift out of that?
2: I mean, I I think for, for me, I'm just I'm kind of replaying like the, the how you're talking about this makes me replay early recovery for me, and it makes me really really think about the effort that I put into my own recovery separate from Ashland. I mean, we we took the philosophy of like work on the me before I work on the we, and I I took I took my own. I took personal responsibility for my own growth because I knew, I knew for sure. I, for some reason, I had mentally separated myself from you, Ashlyn, in the sense that I said, "Whether I'm married to Ashlyn or not, I'm like totally effed. If I die right now and beat my maker, like I'm, I'm done. I'm toast." And so that was a really big like shame-filled or not, like fear and fire, I'm damnation or not. That was my motivation to take personal responsibility for me. So it was no matter if Ashlyn was doing it or not, I was going to do whatever was necessary to grow. It just so happens that Ashlyn went with me, um, and so simultaneously we were growing and we were changing. Um, and so we be so so we kind of we, we attracted the growth mindset that that we wanted in each other in a sense.
1: But I will say there were plenty of times where one of us thought the other was ahead.
0: Uh-huh. uh-huh.
1: And, and we told each other that. So. <laughs> that made for really good times.
0: <laughs> Look how healthy I'm getting. Let, let me just tell you something. If you're saying that, then you're not very healthy. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> And I'm pretty
1: sure most people do this because oh, yeah. the more I talk to people, are like, oh, yeah, we did that.
0: <laughs> so you just said something really cool. Uh, you said growth mindset. So if you want one of the secrets to changing what you attract, um, read that book, um, Mindset, by Carol Dwick. It's it's about having a growth mindset, um, not a fixed mindset. And and one of the, you know, quick story. Um, I I know a person who, um, not a client, but I know a person personally, um, who's been married four times. Um, to the same type of guy over and over and over again. And uh, if you talk to her about her exes, she's full of blame. So if you ask her, like, well, you know, why, how, why is this happening in your life? Well, it's because he's a douchebag, right? It's because he's this way, he's that way. If only that guy would have done this or that guy would have done that. She, she's looking outward and she keeps looking outward for, for things to change in her life. And that victim mentality um, is not a growth mindset. It will keep you stuck and you'll continue to attract the same thing because you won't be able to see what you're attracting, right? So what we were talking about earlier. Um, getting out of that victim mindset means you can look at it and now you can face it and now you can do something about it.
1: And I think what that looks like, I mean, we, we're practicing this all the time still this far into recovery right um this weekend when kobe tells me this is how you showed up and it wasn't in a good way my dukes come up right Right. like because he's telling me i did it wrong but then when i take time to actually reflect yeah you can change i can see it right right. and then it's like okay so for me to do that is super uncomfortable right still Right, to, for me to like own my own stuff, and for me to see that I do have a role, and it's not just Kobe.
0: Yep, that self reflection, that shame resiliency, that that will make it so that you can adjust and shift and change. Right? What if Willie, my dog, went out and got all these burrs, and he came back and he's like, "Man, these damn burrs! Like, <laughs> what, they will not leave me alone." Right? <laughs> Willie, Willie needs to go get a haircut. Uh, it's that—that's the point, right? Get rid of your hair, and the burrs will leave you alone. So
1: we had a somebody reach out saying, "What if? What if we don't do what you guys suggest? What if we just listen to the podcast and we keep doing what we're doing?
2: Um, um,
1: keep attracting like, the yeah, same stuff, right? Like
2: they were—they're not getting help outside help,
1: right? Like there's they're getting the same um, actions every day, but they are listening to the podcast and they're saying. Is it possible for us to make it through this by doing just what we are? Because I I don't know that we're there yet to do something more. And I think immediately my thought is I hear Brandon's voice Mm -hmm. saying, you know, if you keep doing the same stuff, you're going to get the same same stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and, and it's interesting this, what what you're talking about with them, because I see this all the time. Um, One thing that doesn't that doesn't shift you or change you is is just knowing more about Um, what you attract and and so if you you can analyze yourself you can intellectualize you can see it but that won't totally that won't change it you have to go experience it you have to go do something different so that you experience something different so that you learn Um, i i see i see guys get stuck in that of they come into treatment and and they want recovery and they get really good at speaking the language of recovery but what they don't want to do is actually learn how to take accountability, um, actually learn how to really connect with a support system on a level that they feel love and vulnerability. They don't want to do that, but they can tell you how it's important to do that, mm-hmm. right? you see what I'm saying? So just listening to us is great. Keep listening. Um, but... If you don't and, and, and our way isn't the one size fits right. all. But if you don't do anything and you just listen, then you'll get educated and you'll keep attracting the same thing into your life over and over. Right. Yep.
1: I, I feel like most humans we have to ask for help. And it's that whole idea of finding someone who's two steps ahead. Yeah. What yeah. have you done? What have you done? Like we've all done it different. And so finding the people that are seeing successes in whatever you're looking to change, right?
0: But when they're two steps ahead, you see it right. and then you actually take a step in that direction, right? You don't just see it and like, Oh man, that's cool. there are that way. You actually have the courage to push through to create something different in your life.
2: It, you've, this has said, been said many times on the podcast, but knowledge is power. And, but knowledge is power. It's not that there, there's like a comma after the word power. There's not a period. And it's like, is not the same as change. So knowledge is power. I would add to change. If, the, the that is actually that knowledge is actually implemented um, into data life and it's practiced. it's practiced practiced and um and and I know for sure that I I mean I listened to the secret well, I guess it was back 2007 I think 2006 and uh, listened to it quite a bit a lot of good that did me <laughs> well,
0: I, I heard about <laughs> because this guy I was that,
2: still in douche mode like until 2014 I heard about
0: this guy that listened to that and so he decided he's like yeah, he's like, I'm rich. I'm rich. He wasn't rich, but he decided he was rich, so he he acted as if he believed like he was rich, and so he went and maxed out his credit cards oh, no. and <laughs> got up this oh, okay. <laughs> debt because he knew he was rich, right? Um, but deep down, his heart didn't really believe it, and his his uh, his energy didn't shift to I I am abundant. I am confident. I can, and, and so. Yeah, like I think it, there's a difference between actually implementing and applying and feeling that inner confidence and inner peace with with who you are and what you do and just like talking about it and just wanting it, right? There's a difference. And the it, the difference is in the courage to the, to actually apply it, right? So, I think
2: it and I think it requires um tolerance and we talk about this a lot too. Tolerance to be uncomfortable, and tolerance to be stretched, and tolerance to be in pain, yeah, and to it. face some really hard truths. Yeah. And recovery is very much about increasing our tolerance for pain. That's it, because that denotes growth. It's just like like we did we did a workout today, and we did uh, deadlifts. And I, uh, well, I did. Ashlyn can't do it with we her back, but your back's I know, your right? Seat. Well, I, I I really enjoyed deadlifts, and I enjoyed lifting heavy. Um, with as much as my dumbbells at home will let me lift but um, but I know, like doing them today when I had, I don't know, 80 pound dumbbells doing deadlifts, straight deadlifts I'm like, I'm going to be sore tomorrow I know I'm going to be sore tomorrow and I know my glutes are going to be sore, my hammies going to be sore but I'm I'm totally willing to be sore because of what's going to come on the other side of that and that is no different at all than recovery
0: I love that, Kobe you're, no you're going to be something different because you're, you're pushing through the uncomfortableness and that's how you become something different. Right? So physically we can see that on a literal sense, right? Um, if you're willing to push it and push it hard, like we talked about this last week, some, um, you will be something different. Same thing spiritually, emotionally, um, uh, and, and, in your relationships with your spouse. But, uh, we we want the easy way. We want change to happen. Um, we want to attract good things automatically. Um, but but the fact of the matter is is you've created these ruts that have that that are creating this bad stuff in your life, and to dig yourself out of that rut sometimes isn't easy, right?
2: So I think personal responsibility is just a key to be able to, to wrap your head around. What am I? I can't, I can't be responsible for my partner. I can't be responsible for the partner I don't have. I can't be responsible for my ex. I have to be responsible for me. And if I can accept that I can take action with me today and I can begin implementing knowledge day to day, in a very sustainable way, then that's a path that leads to change. And if you can expect that it's going to be uncomfortable and, and the discomfort is a great sign that you're in a great trajectory of change, then, um, then that's going to be the path, yes. just like what you said. Yes. And, uh, I think the the real thing we're going to focus on, um, right now on Patreon is what that path could look like. We'll talk about ways that Ashlyn and I have implemented change and how we were able to grow, in the actual like best practices for us, Brendan. You're going to touch on those as well because we don't obviously we don't have all the answers. So you're going to be able to add to that as well. That's what I do want
0: to. I want to add this before we wrap this up. This this a lot of this stuff is generational. So um, we. We, we're in these ruts we create these patterns and we tr- attract these things because we do what we were taught from our parents and our parents do what they were taught from their parents and and their parents do it for their parents and and so when you're the one in the midst of the nasty consequences from this wh- whatever you're attracting um you might not have the tools to bust out of it because you you've been surrounded with people that are attracting the same stuff right um, but what I want you to consider is it's to, to, to be the one that breaks the, the the chain from the dysfunction the generational chain the generational chain of the dysfunction um, it's hard and it can take work and yeah. <laughs> but 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 what I want to say is um, the other end is true as well that if you do do the hard work if you make your life goal, part of, part of saying, I'm not going to live this way. I'm going to get healthy. You are changing generations to come as well. So that work is not done in vain and it's not just for your own good. Um, it's for your posterity, right?
1: I absolutely believe this Brennan, because the minute we started diving deeper into our own stuff and really making those changes, it showed up in our kids and uh, we lost some things because of it, right? Um, but it is—it's that transitional character that it lasts, and it's cool, and it makes me feel proud that that we really have made changes that are showing up.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I think a real good example of that too. Just just to let you know, like I said, from recovery, like that's what you just described as change generationally, gen- breaking the generational chain, manifests in, in multiple ways. And and one way that maybe some of you, maybe some of you don't know is there was a an, on, on my side there's been a multi-generational um, child like sexual abuse has been multi-generational in my family um, our, our girls were sexually abused my mom was sexually abused we didn't realize that until she, like the, the very late years in her life before she passed at 56 um, my, my dad and, and mom both talked about um, evidence of really peculiar behaviors that my mom's mom my grandma had of perhaps being um, sexually abused, and and so when when we found out that our girls were, um, it was a full core press into changing the generational chain, yes. and saying, okay, going forward, we're, like this all ends with our girls, and it sucks that it fell on them, generationally, to to deal with this, but we were the ones that said, this is this will happen no more, and it was the education and and it's the consistent vigilant effort. To practice what we've learned, that I know will end and change every generation hereafter, as it relates to um, proper behavior um, around what's what's okay and what's not okay, being boundaried and, and proper touch, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, it, and it's scary to do it because you're because we had to do something that was never modeled to us by our family. Moreover, it was super super uncomfortable, and it was a thing that we that no one wanted to talk about. Now, can you see the compare that, like the parallels between dealing with sexual abuse and recovery? Yeah, a lot of times families don't want to talk about recovery right. or addiction in general because it is super uncomfortable. But that's really what it takes to be able, to, and then it is. Po- I mean, if we did it, you guys, I promise, if we did it, it's possible for you to end the generational chain, no matter what it is,
0: and, and attract different things into your life. Totally. So. Yeah. All right.
2: Okay, guys, thanks for being here. Uh, and if you please will hop on to iTunes, leave us a review. Love to have those. Um, those are always great because they help other people who might not have you know, known that this podcast was a thing. It'll help them to find that. And um, so yeah, hop on, leave us a review.
0: And check out Patreon. See you guys. Peace out.